Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be with you another Saturday evening. And I'm hoping that you are getting used to Saturday services. Find your Bible. If you remember, we're going back to the hard Bible. So find your Bible and let's make our confession. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, let me do one or two announcements before I start preaching. You know, I tend to forget them when I do it the other way. The first is a reminder for all of you who are home and you're going to be at home for some time, I want to encourage you to think about going to the Bible school, ABMTC, the best and most prestigious Bible school on the continent. You can register for nine months, for 18 months, 27 months. And you know, what you learn of the word of God is never in vain. You've been sitting at home, maybe you've been trying to pray, you're not able to pray. It's one of the places where, oh my God, you will pray and you will learn how to pray. Hallelujah. So take the opportunity, enrollment is going on right now. And as you know, our father, Bishop Dakiwood Mills, out of the goodness of his heart, he has given us a scholarship. Anyone going there, free tuition, free accommodation. I hope you remember what you used to pay for both when you were on campus but it's free of charge. Hallelujah. And our convener, Bishop Intefel, if you meet certain, you know, certain standards, we'll interview you to see how serious you are, and we just might support you for the entire time that you are there. So I don't know why. Oh, it's a good place to put your hands together. Yeah. I don't know why you will let such an opportunity slip away from you. Hallelujah. Now, I also want to with, I mean, just draw your mind to something. There's a camp with Bishop Intefo right here in Kumasi from the 10th to the 12th of November. By that time, some of you would have started to climb the trees out of naughtiness and some out of boredom. So I want you to register for that camp. So far, we don't know the cost, but it's going to be right here on campus, you know, and I think that it's worth your while to register and come. Amen. Tell our neighbor, if you're sitting by your sister, your brother at home, tell them with or without us, the camp will happen. Maybe we should consider going. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's what I wanted to share with you. And don't forget our carols night on the 17th of December. We'll be expecting to hear from some of you. Send us your recorded Christmas carol. Dress yourself up to look like a Christmas bunny and send us the picture. 
and we're going to have a good I mean, Christmas together. It's amazing we are talking about Christmas. Gosh, just about some, how many weeks ago? Maybe six, seven? I mean, it's just around the corner. So just mark that date, and we're going to have a good time together right here online. Amen. Great. The month of October, we have been talking about tithing. Anytime you see the forces of darkness arise over something that is done in the church, you should know that it is very significant. For instance, there are some things that nobody challenges. Nobody says anything. But there are other things that you see a lot of, you know, attack on. And when you see it, you must know that it's very important. Let me give you an example. If a young lady is living in with a man she has not married, a man who has not paid a dime, hasn't gone anywhere, nobody says anything. Everybody knows that they are there, that they are not married. The moment you wake up to say, I want to get married. I want to get married. I want to do the right thing and I want to get married. That is when forces you never knew will rise up against you. You see? And when you read the Bible, marriage is a very important thing. Likened to the relationship of Christ with his church. And so, I mean, it's a very, very, very important thing. So, it is when you want to write that you see what will rise up. And that should show you how important it is. In the same way, when you decide to tithe, forces rise up. Forces rise up. And things that you can be using your money to do anything under the sun. You can drink it all away. You can bet it all away. You can do whatever. There's no problem. But as soon as you say that, I want to take 10% of my money and I want to put it in the house of God. Hey, then the whole thing, you know, pressure has come. And that is why we're doing this series and I said to you right from the beginning of the series that if you're somebody who tithes, we're doing it to give you the word, you know, so that you understand what you are doing, understand it deeply and properly. It's not because this person said or that person did not say, but it's because you understand it and it's your own conviction. And if you do not tithe and you are a Christian, you are a believer, you belong to us, we are sharing with you the dangerous ground you're walking on and saying, change your ways. Amen. Take us to Malachi chapter 3 and let us read our famous scriptures there on tithing. Then I'll tell you what I'm going to be preaching today from verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now, that is, test me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I shall rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field saith the Lord of hosts hallelujah 
Now, today I'm going to be sharing with you what it means to rob God. What it means to rob God. That, you know, sometimes you can be reading something, but you didn't really understand it. And you didn't, you know, it just sounds like nice English, what it means. You know, you have robbed me. Will a man rob God? You know, then it sounds very poetic. Yet you have robbed me. But it's actually a very serious thing. And so today we want to go inside and see why, why, why the scripture? Why the scripture? Are you here? I think it's very, very important, especially because nowadays people don't seem to know what is right and what is wrong anymore. Yeah. They think it changes with circumstances. So it's okay to steal under this circumstance. It's okay to murder under that one. It's not okay. What is not right is not right. Amen. And so we want to understand it. What exactly is God talking about? So we're going to learn a few things about what it means to rob God. Amen. Let's begin with Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. A cardinal scripture where God is telling us something about the tithe. He says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, these are the things that bring you income, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. So the first point we want to establish today is that the tithe is not yours, it's God's. That's why he's talking about you robbing him. Amen. The ten percent. A type means 10%. In the New Testament, it is referred more often to as the first fruit because you're not supposed to wait until everything is gone. Then you bring the last one. I mean, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong. Hallelujah. It's the first fruit. The first fruit. Turn to your neighbor and say the first fruit. Hallelujah. Now, that fruit belongs to God. So anything that you consider a fruit, your income is the fruit of your labors. Your firstborn is the fruit of the first fruit of your marriage. If I were you, I would give that first fruit to God. Hey, are you there? Acknowledging that he has given you something. Hallelujah. Hey, my pastor, I was supposed to give 10%. Explain to me how you're going to divide the child into 10. And nowadays, we don't have 10 children it's two or three. And I'm just saying that's the first fruit. Amen. And the first fruit belongs to God. So, not paying your tithe then means that you have stolen from God. And that's why and he also sees it like that. That's why Michael, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8, he says, will a man rob God? He's asking, I mean, it's incredible. If you are going to steal, okay, let me ask you something. The town that you are in, is there an army commander there? Is there a barracks there? chief of defense staff there who goes there to steal <laughs> I said who goes there to steal you can even live in those you can even go to sleep with your door open because when you look there are some things that you don't do hey there are some what <laughs> there are some things that you don't do you may steal from a, a, a poor man and get away with it but you don't steal from a big man because have you not seen that sometimes you are reading the news and they'll say somebody jumped over the fence at the White House and tried to the person that never gets anywhere because you don't do that 
And these are human beings. Everything that is human is, is subject to error. How much more God who is not subject to error and who is above all of these? That's where you have chosen to go and steal. Hey. Can you tell your neighbor, let's be serious. Let's be serious. Let's just be serious. Let's be serious. It's not a wise place to do your things. Many years ago, President Bush was speaking at, at some kind of function, and a man who was very angry took off his shoes and threw the shoes at him. You see, you can throw your shoes at your dog. You can even throw your shoes at your boss, even though you are not wise. <laughs> but when you throw your shoes at the president, even in a country like America, where they don't respect anybody, even there, you, they don't accept it. The man was jailed. Are you here? I say you can throw your shoe what? At your dog. Anyway, if your dog is like mine, you won't throw your shoe. You may never get the shoe back. It will be chewed. Are you here? <laughs> there are some things you don't do. In the same way, you may be stealing from the granola seller. Hmm. One day, one of our uncles was telling us a story about how naughty they used to be. He and my father-in-law and some other guy said, Charlie, we were kumbolos and we used to move around the area. And he said his, his sister used to make kelewele. And when they come to ask her for some, she won't give the kelewele. So they'll wait. When there are a lot of people around buying the kelewele, you know, and she's, then they would take, they had a sharpened uh, branch a brand that they have sharpened, and they'll just come behind her, come and stand there, and then plunge it into the basket, and hey, out, and then run away. It would have hooked some of the kelewilin. You can take your stick and rob your sister of her kelewilin, but you cannot do that to the Lord God Almighty. Hey! Tell your neighbor that, please, we should stop doing some things. Amen. The Bible is very strong about people who steal, stealing no more. Nowadays, you see, you should know that the word of God stands. When you look around, you may think to yourself that nowadays it's okay to steal. And people even come into churches to steal. During the church service, you make a mistake and you put your phone down during the worship and shut your eyes. When you wake up, your phone is gone. Just because God looks as if he cannot see. But don't be deceived. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. <laughs> Let him that stole steal no more. That's what the scripture says. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. They're straightening it out. You may have been a thief before you came to know Christ. But now that you have come to know him, know that stealing is not part of what we do. Don't steal from your brother. Don't steal from your sister. Don't steal from your mother. Somebody, you keep going into your mother's purse. She's sandwiched. She doesn't know that. She can't remember what she had in there. And you keep stealing. It is stealing. Once it's not for you, it is stealing. Hmm. Are you there? But certainly, don't take it to God. Hmm. Don't take it to who? Don't take it to God. 
So before you were born again, you didn't know that 10% of whatever you had belonged to God. You didn't know. But now that you know, don't rob him. Give it to him. Hallelujah. Because there will be no thieves in heaven. There's a very interesting scripture in Matthew chapter 6. Let's go there. Matthew 26, 20 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. There are no thieves in heaven. So if you are busy here on earth practicing how to steal, you should know that you are not going. Hey. Hey, why are you saying that? God is love. God is love. He will accept everything. Even you, you don't accept everything. <laughs> Even you. Even human beings with all our evil, we are all, we are all corrupted. And yet, when somebody commits a crime, we catch the person, we put the person in jail. And yet, we are saying that God there, he will leave us. You are, you are, you are making a mistake. You are making a mistake. There are no thieves there. So if you plan to go there, I think you should change your mind. Hallelujah. I said you should do what? Change your mind. You will notice that when you steal from somebody, your relationship with that person is not the same again. Yeah. If you are a roommate who has been stealing, there will be friendship and there will be niceness and if the day that they find out that you are the thief, that's the end of the relationship. And as you steal from God, you will discover that your relationship with him is affected. And it's affected because you know that you have stolen. And so there's a certain guilt there. When you steal from God, I don't know how you have the face to now come and ask him for help of any sort. Whether it's physical help, financial help, or anything help. I don't know how you come. Hey, you have come to steal from me, then you come and come and ask me for help. Even as a human being, it's all to me. Are you in the house? I said, are you in the house? I remember many years ago, one of our young ladies had finished catering school and she was supposed to go and practice. You go and you have some practice in a, in a, a hotel or a restaurant or something. And she found her way to a certain hotel. And as she worked there, it took her a short time to realize that the people were stealing from the owner. And she said, they'll come, they'll take a whole chicken and drop it over the wall. And then pass around there and go and pick it. Hey, please, so in our church, we teach you that loyalty is to the higher authority. And so this young lady said, I cannot steal. I can't do some. I cannot do some. I, I, I will tell the lady, I can't do it. So she went and she told the lady. And the lady was shocked. No wonder her hotel was not producing what she thought it should, it should produce. And some of those people had worked there for over 20 years. Do you think the relationship will remain the same? If you have been with me for 20 years, I want to assume that you like me. But when I came to find that you're actually digging holes under me, how can my relationship with you be the same? Son, now you were coming to visit me because every time you come, you can take three eggs. You can take some sardine. You can take some. Your relationship will not be the same. And in the same way, your, the relationship of somebody who steals from God cannot be the same. It cannot be a good relationship. Hey, are you there? 
And just like happens when you steal and you are caught, stealing will lead to your demotion. Wow. I said leads to what? Your demotion. Amos chapter 3. Let's read verse 10 to 11. For they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, an adversary there shall be even round about the land. So you that you are stealing, there's an adversary around you. Hey. And he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. One of the things that happens when you steal is that instead of going up, you come down. Even normal theft, it is like that. You will see people who have made a living from stealing. But you are on shaky ground and shaky waters. And many times, with just one move, you come tumbling right down. Are you there? It is God who lifts up and it is God who promotes. And when you make yourself a thief, he cannot promote you. In fact, we have to demote you. One of the things he does in this life is to pass money through the hands of people. And when you are a thief, he doesn't do it. Or when it has even started, he turns it away. Because stealing brings about your demotion. Turn to your neighbor and say, I will not be demoted. I will not be demoted. I will pay my tithe. I will not be demoted. Hallelujah. The next one. When you withhold the tithe, you also rob the church of its ability to function properly. Yeah. Amen. It was God who instituted the tithe. And he said in Malachi 3.10 that we should bring in the tithe that there may be meat in his house. What does it mean by meat in his house? That things that need to be there are there. Now, as time has gone on, out of the disobedience of people, many churches have become afraid to ask for the tithe. And so they say all kinds of things. Some don't even take an offering. Some pass the offering basket around silently. Some say, oh, if you're on your way out and you feel like dropping something, drop it. Drop something. Yeah. And they are feeling very correct. They feel that they've done something. Now, what has happened in those churches is that the churches have been robbed of their ability to look after themselves. You go to some of them, they cannot pay their light bill. You go to some of them, whatever is there is getting very old and spot. One day, I went to a funeral. It was a very painful funeral of a very lovely person. And the place was full and overrunning with people. And after a while, the offering was taken for the church and an offering was taken for the, the family. And then somebody came up. One of the men of God present, the priest present, came up and put down a bowl and said, we beg your pardon that uh, we've gathered for a funeral. The person who was who has died actually used to support the church a lot so that we know the person won't mind. And so we would like to take 
an offering because we are building our church. And he proceeded to take an offering. I mean, another offering, calling forth various amounts. As I watched, I was offended on behalf of the family, one, because it was a very painful funeral. But I said to myself, this is what we will come to. When we do not tithe, you have now made somebody have to come and beg because the building has to be finished. But God had already instituted something and said that this is how my house will be built. And it is because it is not being done. That's why now somebody has to take his face. He was the only one with the courage. If it were me, I wouldn't have the courage. Are you there? He knew that this is their one chance. Because I'm sure maybe on a Sunday only 50 or 60 people come to church. And this time because of the person who was there and because of the family, thousands of people had gathered. And so it's like we can take it now. But it is because of the disobedience of his children that such things have to be done. God is not happy with us. As he can watch and see how we do not respect his word. He has told us what to do for me to come into the house. Take us to the book of Haggai. Chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. Somebody say, is that a skit? Okay. Let me see verse 2. Okay, let's go back to verse 1. I'm going to read it from there. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, and to Zerubbabel the son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? The house of God was in waste. They said, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much, and bring in little. You eat, yet you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag of holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Did you jump at Okay. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much and it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, said the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. Some of us think that it's okay that a church should be in disrepair, and a church should be falling apart, and a church should have instruments that sound as if they were pulled out of, yeah. Sometimes the instruments are so old, 25, 30 years have passed because they don't have the means to, to, to replace them or even to repair them. But God has a very strong opinion about it. And he was telling the people that even when they brought something home, he got, he blew on it for it to scatter. You have been walking around saying that Motia has been visiting you. Motia has been visiting you. Do you know what Motia is? Dwarfs. 
So you've gone to do your business and when you came, the motor had blown on it and you can't find the money. Could it be that it is because of the tithe you should have brought into the house of God that you didn't bring? It's not a motor, it's God himself who has stood there. <sighs> blown it away. So why? Because of my house. That is waste. Yeah. Yeah. When you refuse to pay the tithe, everything, you see, we are people of faith, oh. but when we go to buy a chair, we pay with money. Yeah. When we clean the church, we got to buy soap. Yeah. And I'm saying this because at times I read the comments of, of, you see, if I wish I could say that the comments were written by people who did not know God, but you'll be surprised that the comments against tithing are written by so-called believers. Open your Bible and read it. And know that God has a case against you. That his house, his men, his pastor should go and beg for the means to look after the church. Under a funeral. As we are still crying, we should wipe our eyes and come and donate money because of the stubbornness of heart. How will he not blow the things that you are bringing? Hey, I'm talking to somebody. Yeah. It's a very wild thing to deny the house of God. Oh, me. Hey, my is God, he can do. You be talking. You just be talking. I know what it is to be in the place where I have put money into a bag and it felt as if the bag had holes. Maybe you have not thought about it. Think about it. You thought it was because your grandmother has cursed you. It's not any grandmother curse. It's the curse of Malachi. We shall come to that next week. <laughs> it's the curse of Malachi. Something that has been laid down there and you have tripped over it. Wow. Finally. Stealing brings the wrath of God upon you. It brings the wrath of God upon you. Let's read a scripture in Ezekiel 22, the continuation of a scripture we just read. Ezekiel 22. Let's start from verse 29. You see how God looks at robbers. Ezekiel 22 from verse 29. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery are you seeing robbery there again and have vexed the poor and needy yea they have oppressed the stranger wrong, wrongfully and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them you see the people were stealing even one from another crowd God said I was angry about it I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath their own way have I recompensed upon their head saith the Lord God you know as I'm closing you see nowadays anytime something happens that is, 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 is not nice and not good we are very quick to jump and say oh the devil has done it and it is true that we have an enemy called the devil but I also want to alert us today and say that listen many 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 times we bring things upon our own selves because we're doing something that God has stated in his word that he doesn't like when you make yourself a robber and a thief be it a robber and a thief of human beings but also in the context in which we are speaking a robber and a thief in the house of God God himself says that I have consumed you with the fire of my wrath 
I tell you, I don't know about you. I think life is difficult enough without having the wrath of God also upon my head. Hey, only because of 10%, is it worth it? I said, is it worth it? Let God have what is his due. When you give that 10%, you are simply acknowledging that what you are and who you are and what you have is because of him. The interesting thing is that he knowing how we are even attaches a blessing to it. That when you give me what is mine, when you give me what is mine, I open up the floodgates of heaven and pour down an overflowing blessing over you. What other reason can you have for withholding your tithe? Get your tithe. What is your tithe? Anything that comes to you as income from any source, tithe upon it. 10%. May the Lord help us not to be robbers and thieves. As I end today, I want you to stand to your feet and we're going to pray. And you're going to confess and say, Lord, I didn't know. I didn't plan to be a thief. But now that I can see and now that I've heard it, oh, I'm changing my mind. Bow down your head and speak to the Lord. Talk to him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to help you. Father, forgive us. We didn't intend to rob you. We are sorry. Wash us in the blood. Cleanse the sin away from us. Lord, we cannot take it if you are angry with us. And we want to come to heaven to be with you. Grant us the grace to be tithing believers, Lord that we will always tithe and we will always, always do as you ask. We thank you. Thank you for the blessing that you attach to tithing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just bow down your head where you are. Maybe you are here thinking about the tithing, but even more than your money, more important than your money to the Lord is your life. He wants you to give your life to him. The only way that your tithe will matter or make sense is after you've given your life to him and you have connected to Jesus. So wherever you are, you want to pray this prayer. You want to say, Lord, I want, I, I want to be saved. I want you to write my name in the book of life. If that is your prayer, I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today, to you today as, a sinner. as a sinner. Please wash me, Please wash me in, your blood. in your blood. Cleanse me, Cleanse me from, my sins. from my sins. Please write my name, write my name in, the book of life. in the book of life. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus from, today, from today, you are my Savior, you are my Savior and, you are my Lord. and you are my Lord. I thank you, I thank you for, saving me for saving me in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen and amen. amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at FOLCIEBS. God richly bless you.